Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Sula Parasitis. Sula Parasitis is an operatic soprano and the CEO and co-founder of Living Opera. She has appeared in opera and as a soloist in leading cultural institutions in Europe and Asia. In addition to her artistic and entrepreneurial work, Sula has also worked as a television moderator, content creator, and educator, and serves on the board of the Exodus Road, an anti-human trafficking organization. Founded by two opera singers and an economist, Living Opera is a multimedia art technology company that unites the classical music and blockchain communities to produce transformative content. Living Opera takes a holistic approach to life, work, and education. Living means full of life and vigor, and opera in Latin means labor, effort, attention, or work. Living Opera NFT collections, such as Magic Mozart, are designed to bring the art and tech worlds together by expanding the audience of people who traditionally engage with classic music and fine art. Well, good afternoon, Sula. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. And I appreciate this. The whole weekend, I was like, gosh, I really want to talk to Sula. This, your story was amazing. So, but anyway, yeah, we'll get into that. Our audience just loves to hear these unique and amazing stories that we have every single week, uh, several weeks. So jumping right into the question, Sula, let's talk about your career a little bit in music. Okay. As a renowned opera singer, you're the CEO and lead founder of Living Opera. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Oh my goodness. So <laughs> how do I answer that? When I look back on my career and, and sort of like pivotal or profound moments, they always seem to have two elements. One is I didn't plan for certain things to happen, but I was at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. And then I, I think the other part, and particularly now in my entrepreneurship journey, is really trying to focus less on me and more on the wants and needs of other people and how I can create an environment to solve those wants and needs. That's something I didn't understand early on in my career as a musician and an artist. And, and I think it makes sense because in one sense, you have to really develop your craft. And, and, and so you're not really focused on others when you're building a performance career. But after I sort of realized that I could be taken seriously uh, as a performing artist, it didn't feel like enough to me. And that was quite early on, even, even really in the first couple of years of my having serious engagements. And I, I, I couldn't put my finger on why I felt like something was missing. But I realized for me when I started to create content for Loving Opera, that it was because I, I really wanted a connection where I could see the growth in the lives of other people. And that has been what's brought the most expansion to my life, ensuring that what I do has at least some element, I would say elephant, my God, element that benefits others. Sorry, I've just been thinking in Greek, trying to think in Greek earlier today. I'm in Athens, Greece right now for an engagement. So my mind is like split in half right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing, Sula. Appreciate that. And I, and I know you travel quite a bit, but let's jump into the next question. You've got such an inspiring story around your music career and a scary but happy story as a cancer survivor. Could mm. you touch on that a bit and tell us what driving force led you to jump into the blockchain and NFT space? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, it's funny because I didn't really think much about my experience 
having cancer, because in one sense, it was a long time ago. But when we were starting to build our first major project, Magic Mozart, which is a large-scale NFT collection, I realized that the genesis of this project really had to do with the beginnings of my career because there was a local philanthropist that after I had survived cancer wanted to know, you know, what's next, which is a terrible question to get when your life has basically fallen apart in in, in one sense. When you're 23 and a singer going through something like that, you, you really feel like your life has fallen apart. When I thought about that question, what's next, I quickly put together some sort of a plan. I thought, okay, I'll go to Europe and I'll try to start up my career there. So that was my long and short answer. The local philanthropist liked my answer and funded my little humble project, which led to me being discovered and starting international career in music. Much like seemingly random nature of how I started my performance career, it was kind of the same getting into the blockchain space. And this is where I have to just say, I'm approaching this with a large dose of of humility because I'm still very much an artist. And I certainly don't presume to come into this space and tell serious technologists, you know, about their, their life's work. But my entry point into this space has an honest beginning because I had attended Art Basel and NFT NYC at the end of 2021. Firstly, just loved the energy around the technology community and the enthusiasm. And it really inspired me, but I didn't feel like I had an authentic way to come into the blockchain space. And that was important to me. When I was at those conferences, I kept hearing the term generative art. And I thought, like, what is generative art? Like, what what does that mean? So, you know, I just went into Google and I started Googling around. And when I put in the term generative art, the word name, I should say Mozart popped up. And I learned that Mozart had actually created a generative music game in the 18th century. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, my gosh, well, here is a clear entry point for me to bring classical music into the blockchain space in a a novel but profound way. And that's how I really got started in trying to seriously build in this space. Wow, that is an amazing story. And the fact that you Googled that to Mm -hmm. learn more, you found out that Mozart was probably the genesis of this whole thing. Um, Anyway, thank you for sharing that. And Sula, we're a technology platform. We're built on blockchain, actually. Uh, We have a Web 2 and a Web 3. You're obviously leveraging some of that new and emerging tech in your blockchain space and your project, right? Is there anything you might be able to share with our audience today? We're piloting, I mean, I'm sure something like this in terms of the structure exists, but I think what we're piloting that's kind of exciting, how we're using blockchain and NFTs might be a little bit different than and some projects. Now, perhaps the way we're building it is probably straightforward, but we're building a DAO around Magic Mozart. And we're, uh, well, I'm not involved in the building of that, obviously not. But the way we're using blockchain and, and NFTs is to create a global community that self-governs in the administration of small grants to artists. So our token holders will be artists. What I like about what we're doing is they won't necessarily have to understand how the underlying technology works to benefit from it. This is something that we're still building, by the way. So if anybody hears this and says, hey, I have a great idea for you, please feel free <laughs> to let me know. But the way we're using blockchain is to really build on the community aspect. That I, that's something that I really like about the whole Web3 movement, that it seems very much community-based. And that's something that we've been building a living opera before we knew anything about blockchain. 
The way our DAO will function as soon as it's fully operational will be token holders have their, their Magic Monster NFT. They complete entrepreneurship training that we provide them for free. They're issued a digital credential that lives on their profile with their token. And that's something that we're still building out. And then they will be able to vote within the DAO on the grants. And um, that's going to be done anonymously. So there's no bias and, and you know favoritism. And then we'll find out who is awarded a grant each month. And then at the end, the participants will create content to show not only how they use the money, but how the, the whole structure of the DAO works. And we're hoping that this might become like a new model that other arts organizations will adopt. That's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that piece of it. You know, there is, believe it or not, a lot of hype around the art space as far as NFTs mm. and, and the technology. I've had several guests on the show that are in the art space in one form or another, and it's it's really a big thing. So thank you for mm. sharing that. Yeah, certainly. Sula, last question here. Could you maybe share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either music or entrepreneurship? Oh, certainly. Well, let me answer from the music side first, and then I'll think a bit more about the entrepreneurship side. But on the music side, I think something that's applicable for any person that wants to become highly skilled is you just got to put in the hours and the time. So one of the things that I think is slightly detrimental in the way we view arts, the arts in general, is that there's sort of this, you know, mystical inherent talent that you're born with, and you're just able to do the job. Well, that only takes you so far without really cultivating the skill to develop the talent, you won't be able to build a lasting career. And then the other thing is artists suffer because we're not able to signal that we're actually highly skilled highly trained. And if you were to hire somebody without all that skill and training, you, you would get a very different outcome. So that's one thing. Um, any person that wants to achieve anything of excellence, you really do have to commit yourself. And you know, I spend most of my time where? In a practice room, in front of a keyboard, you know, trying to craft the perfect ah vowel or the perfect ooh vowel or singing scales. It's very unglamorous. It's very tedious, but it supports me in the higher pressure moments. So that's one thing from the music side. From the entrepreneurship side, what we're doing at Living Opera is is novel. And it's just a ton of fun for us. But in order for any business to be successful, there does eventually need to be value creation. So you know, really thinking about, okay, past the fun idea of bringing together opera and blockchain, how is this thing actually going to solve a real world tangible problem and create useful services or goods for a group of consumers? And I think sometimes we get so enamored, we're so in love with an idea, we don't push ourselves to develop it to that point. And that's something that I had to learn because like I said, I, I think I said, maybe I said this in the earlier interview, my gosh, sorry guys, it's all blending together. I have noticed that in my life, certain doors just kind of open and I wasn't pushing hard on them. And so sometimes I walked in without a strategy and I wasn't necessarily prepared for an opportunity when it presented itself. And so now I'm trying to get much more disciplined on loving the ideas less and loving the execution and the planning more so that when a stellar opportunity does present itself, it's like we can we can just have a slam dunk and really go forward and create something impactful. Thank you. And I appreciate the perspectives both on the music side and the entrepreneurship side. Sula, amazing story. Love it so much. 
And I want to let you know it was a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you, Brian. I truly appreciate it. Bye for now. 